place where we share our scares and i as always am your host jeremy rusk with the beautiful brandy joe Plimbeck. oh hello <laughs> i'm trying to butter you up i guess i don't know what's <laughs> <laughs> i like it butter me up buttercup mm-hmm. jeremy how is life life's good what's new you know, not much. Just uh, living the dream or the nightmare. Living the nightmare. It's a little bit of both, I think. Yeah, really, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's all things rolled up into one. But you know what? That's life. Is <laughs> <laughs> it cue the Frank Sinatra? That's life. <laughs> yep. Uh, so what have you been watching? Anything? Yes. I've watched three horror movies since we last spoke the first one is this movie joe just joe and i i don't remember if i've talked about this so apologies if i have but sometimes joe and i do this thing where he puts on a movie i put on a movie and usually we don't tell the other person what it is we're like don't look and we get it all prepped up and then we play it Mm -hmm. and it just so happens sometimes that the movies don't say the titles in the beginning as they're wont to do in these Mm -hmm. modern times yeah And this particular movie, the title did not come up until the very, very end. So about halfway through, I ended up like Googling some info bits from it to find out what the fuck we were watching. Uh (laughs) And it's called Stranger by the Lake. And it's from 2013. And it's definitely an adjacent sort of film, but it sort of involves a serial killer. So I feel like it fits in. It's a French film. And it is one of the most unique experiences I've had watching a movie as of recent times. And it like freaked me out so much and got my, like I was so, my heart was racing and I was like, oh my God, what the fuck is going to happen? And it's just so weird because it starts off so quiet. And the, the coolest thing about the movie is from start to end of credits, there's no music at all. Like it all takes place sort of at this lakeside, hence the title, Stranger by the Lake. And it involves, it's like a cruising spot for the gays. And don't want to say too much because it's a really cool experience. But like, I didn't even know it involved murder at first. So it was just interesting watching it because I'm like, oh, it's a cruising spot. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, what the fuck? As I mentioned, when we talked about Creep 2, I've seen a lot of dick in like the last week. And Stranger by the Lake has it in a plenty. Like I saw... There's just naked guys all over the place. And it's interesting because there's some actual, like there's a, an actual orgasm and there's some actual sex. And it's interesting. I posted about it in my LGBTQ horror nerds group on Facebook. And lots of the guys are just like, this is just porn. And it's really not. It's just feels very real. And it's a really unique experience that I highly recommend. So you're saying that... They used unsimulated sex. Correct. There's definitely some real sex. I think that they used sex doubles, from what I understand, from the trivia. 
but it's on Shudder, which also leads into the, the fact that I, I think it's horror adjacent. If Shudder has it, then I think it's worth talking about. Mm-hmm. But it's deeply unsettling and like it ended and I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Which I loved. Sure. And there's some theories when you read a little further into it, but I highly recommend it if, you know, you don't get turned off by like a lot of sex and, and things like that. But I, it was just really cool, especially just there's so many jump scares and, and, you know, music being used to manipulate you. I've talked about it before and I just appreciated just like a straight up, Hey, I'm going to be really like, just give you what what's happening in the world without all that extra, without the bells and whistles. I don't even think they had a costume designer or a makeup artist on the set. From what I understand, they were like, bring your own clothes. And so it just, Mm -hmm. it's really cool. Okay. Really cool little film. And then just quickly, I watched come to daddy with Elijah Wood, Mm -hmm. which was a super fun little experience. It's again, Mm -hmm. it takes some twists and turns. You don't know what the fuck is going on. But I think you would really like it. I wanted to see it. I remember when I saw the trailers, I'm like, this looks right up my alley. Cause oh, I love, yeah. I love all the stuff Elijah Wood is doing, these weird horror movies. Oh, yeah, movies, that so. Maniac. Did you see Maniac? I loved Maniac. So good. I mean, I loved the original Maniac, too, or as well. But, uh, and then that remake, like, that's a way to, that's a great way to do a remake, is take the loose concept, but make an entirely new movie. I it's love the that. way to do it if you're going to do it. That's what I mm-hmm. feel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I loved it so much. And I just, he was such, like, especially considering the original guy who played it in Maniac. Yeah, Joe Spinell. Yes. He's like the antithesis of him. Yeah, they are, couldn't be more different. And it's, it's great. Like the original, he's creepy and. He's this hulking, like, brutish. Yeah. Creepy dude. Yeah. And then you have Elijah Wood, who's like this sexy young guy and it's just it was such a cool take and just so the violence and the gore was amazing Mm -hmm. and like that it was all like pov was also really cool that it was like front like you just saw as he saw things and you wouldn't see him all the time but if you looked in a mirror or whatever you'd see him and i just thought that was so cool yeah absolutely and then i watched la Llorona, which is also on the shutter because that keeps popping up on these best of 2020 lists it's one of those political horror movies Mm -hmm. it definitely is more of like a political drama with some like ghostly elements sprinkled in but it was a really neat little watch i don't know that i'd put it on like my best of list but it's a really good film Mm -hmm. some really like good acting just different now i feel like is there only one la llorona or are there other no there's the one with the conjuring universe okay the curse of la llorona that, okay, that's why I was thinking, like, is this, like, a series of movies? Because I feel like that title is in something else as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, I think that there's quite a few of them. Okay. Because it's, like, lore, like, Spanish oh, lore. About, okay. like, this this woman who whose children drowned. And so, like, if you hear her crying, she's near and she'll, like, steal your children. I think it was, like, a folk lore that they would tell to kids to make them, like, go to bed or something. Like, if you stay up, La Rona will come and get you. So it'd be like having a movie about, but like Krampus, the fact that there's like a million friggin' Krampus movies because it yeah. is just folklore. Or like the, bo- the Boogeyman. Or the Boogeyman, like, or like having something yeah. called the Boogeyman. Okay, I get it. But there's some like morals, like she isn't necessarily a bad woman, but she lost her kids and she's so sad. So you'll hear her crying is I think the, the gist of yeah. the, the myth. Okay. And then like she like will steal your children because she misses her own so mm-hmm. much and what was cool about la la rona was they didn't 
talk about that at all. It's just called that. But I don't think they ever mention her name. I think it directly translates to the weeping woman, or -hmm. at least that's what it stands for. But they don't ever really talk about it. It's just sort of implied. And it's, it's very interesting. And I'm not generally into like political movies but um but i found it quite fascinating so mm-hmm. i recommend it it's it's pretty cool pretty cool really well made movie okay what about you what have you watched you know well first off uh i wanted to say have you seen antichrist yes uh because speaking of unsimulated sex you immediately immediately made me think of antichrist because oh yeah it was, it was famous for having the uh Mm-hmm. Uh, unsimulated sex scenes in it, which of course were body doubles. I know the internet argued like Willem Dafoe actually had in. It's like, no, those were body doubles. I mean, he had. seems like the kind of guy that would do it. <laughs> yeah, he does seem like, and you know what? Now that you say that, in fact, uh, I do believe he is one of those actors that like did like erotic film if not just flat out porn, like if you dig back into the beginning. Okay. Like, because, you know, there's the famous story that Sylvester Stallone, like his mm-hmm. first movie was a porno. So was it like softcore though? Yeah, it was like softcore, but yeah. still. But porn still. nonetheless. Like a lot of Indeed. these actors, like that's their the hidden secret is they all started in like mm-hmm. <laughs> erotic movies before they went into mainstream film. And don't look now, it's you know, there's that that lore that they really have sex in the beginning. Like I mean oh, sure. they don't show it, but that's like they you know, actually the, did. Yeah, that's the story is that yeah. they, they did. Uh, mm-hmm. in that scene so anyway that was an aside just wanted to jump in there with that uh, sex, sex 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 yeah you know that's exciting we all want to talk about sex and violence so. heck yeah i you know it's it's weird with this like quarantine time whatever the plague times we live in it's like i'm stuck at home all the time but i still can't find the time to watch enough stuff or watch what i want to i don't know what's up with that because i haven't really gotten many movies and just seems like i can't find the space in my day even though i'm home all the freaking time <laughs> to like put the you know now i'm gonna sit down and watch a movie i think it's just the state of the times i'm so scatterbrained that it's hard to like i'm just watching a lot of random tv a lot of random news and having the the wherewithal and the attention span to watch a whole movie other than the ones we give each other uh i'm finding hard to make it through with that being said though i did revisit and this is the thing, I keep finding myself revisiting things I've already seen before. But I did revisit Friday the 13th, part three. Mm, where he gets his mask. Yeah, the one where he gets his mask. I know we've talked about this before, so we I'm did. bringing it up again. But I got some new points on this I don't think we covered before. Okay. Number one, oh, I, rem- I can remember my train of thought now as to why I ended up with part three specifically, was that in doing New Year's Evil, I was reading all about the New Year's Evil theme song. Mm-hmm. And how that had gone on to have a cult following of its own just for the music from that movie. Uh, and an article I was reading was comparing it to the theme song from uh, Friday the 13th, part three specifically, because that's the one with the disco version. Of oh, the yeah. That is it's like, good. it's like an absolute banger. And uh, <laughs> if you don't rager. have, it's a rager, man. If you don't have that in your Halloween playlists every year, like you need that in there for your Halloween. Then you're party. not a horror fan. You're not a horror fan. But that's where I was like, I got to revisit three again. So uh, I watched that. I was like, yeah, the theme song is great. Number two, literal number two. Friday the 13th really likes having those, like somebody takes a shit and then they die afterwards. Uh, it, it's happened more than once in the series. Actually, I can only think of two times, but maybe there's more. That's one time too many. 
Yeah, it seems like it because it's like it's that's kind of repetitive because there's the scene in three where the dude like gets scared by the snake that killed his rabbits. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That runs the general store and then oh, he yeah. immediately runs into the bathroom and takes a shit and you're like, I guess that scared the shit out of him. We're supposed to go with that, like a little okay. on the nose, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then right after that, Jason kills him. Yep. Yep. And then uh, it happens again in five where oh, wow. the one the one dude is in the outhouse with the damn enchiladas. Okay. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. And then Jason, or well, the fake Jason kills him as soon as he gets out of there. So it's like, yeah, guys, you're really obsessed with the poop. There's so the many killing. memes about that enchiladas. Yeah. There's a ton of them. Number three. So, and also trigger warnings, you know, for anybody, sexual assault. So Jason's like a rapist in three. Because there's that, which I feel like really breaks from the character. Like, that's the thing that stands out to me. Because the girl tells her story of getting lost in the woods Mm -hmm. and then attacked by a disfigured man. And then she's like, I passed out and I don't remember what happened. And it's told in the context of being like a sexual assault survivor story Mm -hmm. uh, in the movie. I mean, they don't go that far, but that's what I feel like the movie's alluding to. And that seems so out of character for how Jason's developed in the rest of the movies, because uh, they really, movies afterwards and maybe even before, because I feel like two didn't really allude to that at all. Yeah, I don't they, think so. No, they go a direction with Jason as, you know, sex like enrages him, like is supposed to be what you, you take away from why he goes after these kids. Like, Because that's uh, what they were doing when he drowned. Yeah, because he's like, he's like traumatized by it and therefore he's gonna take his, you know, vengeance out on the people he finds. I don't remember that about this. three, but I'm gonna, ha- I remember her like talking about the vision like and you like see the reenact not the reenactment but the sort of flashback mm-hmm. in her mind i just don't remember that aspect that she that it's implied to some degree yeah i mean it, it really I, I maybe i'm reading too much into it but i'm not the only one because i go on the internet and there's a lot of you know reddit threads and shit talking about this where they're like what why did they do that like what's going on there was it an angle they tried and then later writers just decided like that's not how we want the character to go? I don't know. I, I can't find much info out there about like what the writers and the filmmakers intent was with that. So just a lot of fan speculation. Then I found a whole bunch of other threads where uh, a lot of fans view Jason as queer or gay. Weird. I've Possibly. never heard that. Yeah. Interpretations. Um, I didn't get d- far into that uh, rabbit hole to find out exactly where they were pulling from, but that's out there. So there's You didn't that. get into that rabbit glory hole? That rabbit glory hole. I didn't get, uh, <laughs> I didn't chase, chase uh, Jason down there far enough, but I guess that's out there as well. So, I mean, if anybody's got any thoughts or enlightenment, you know, email us, let us know what y'all think about that, but. On the, the gay front, um, I know I talk about them all the time because they're my favorite podcast, but it's only a podcast. They are covering, I think, six movies in the beginning of this year that all are sort of gay-themed horror films. And the series is called The Only Thing to Queer is Fear Itself, which I mm. just love. So I'm excited to check it out. And, you know, if you're into some things like that as well, check them out. It's only a podcast. Cool. But, uh Anyway, Friday the 13th, part three. That's a fun one, though. Good movie yeah. out, of, out of the series. The, that whole series is definitely like comfort food for me, along with my classic monster movies and like old Godzilla flicks. I've also got Friday the 13th, which I can just throw any of those on uh, and use it as background or whatever. There's just something comforting about revisiting them over and mm-hmm. over. And Chris is the heroine's name, right? And three, yeah. Chris? Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's great. I like, I like her a lot. Uh, as she's, a, no as a, she's no Ginny. She's no Ginny. But she's okay. 
I mean, Ginny's okay. See, you, you like Ginny wow. way more than me. Wait, you like Alice the most? Yeah, I don't know who I like the most. Oh, okay. Tommy. I'm a Tommy guy, I think. That makes sense. Yeah, I think I'm a Tommy guy. You're a Tommy knocker. Yep, that's me. (laughs) But yeah, good stuff. And more on the news front here. So full disclosure first off, because I know he's not for everybody, but I am part of the cult of Nicolas Cage. I am all about the, the weird fucking shit he does. I just find it, it makes me happy. It brings me joy to watch him go full cage in a movie. Uh, and I just saw the trailer for the upcoming Willy's Wonderland. Yeah, what's that all about? I was going to have... watch the trailer. Is it like Alice in Wonderland? Like No idea. But not? It's like, have you ever, do you know the video game Five Nights at Freddy's? I've heard of it. Aren't they, haven't they been trying to make a movie for a million years? It seems like this is the movie. Because oh. it's got a similar plot where what I can put together is Nick Cage is a dude that gets like, his car breaks down or whatever, and then to get the car, like, we'll fix your car if you work overnight at Willy's Wonderland, which is like a Chuck E. Cheese type thing. Okay. That, like, you got to clean it up and fix it up because we're reopening it. You do that for us. We'll help you out. Uh, and then there's, like, paranormal investigators. This is just what I'm extrapolating from this freaking trailer that are there because some people died there, so it's, like, cursed. But it looks like the animatronics come alive and start killing people. Uh, okay. And Nick Cage is there to go, you know, full on. Uh, it gives me kind of a Mandy vibe where it's just going to be him like as so a good. maniac. Mandy was amazing, but him just as a maniac killing these animatronics. And I am so there for that. Yeah. If you've never done acid, but you want to know the experience, you either watch Mandy or Midsummer or both because they both oh. are just dead on. Here's what it's like to trip. <laughs> yeah. Mandy was fucking incredible. I was, yeah. I was, uh, I was surprised how much I liked it. That was a movie that, like, if you want to know my aesthetic, Mandy. <laughs> Just watch Mandy. It's got, like, everything I love about uh, monster movies, horror movies. It's all in there. And Andrea Riseborough, who is, his, who is Mandy, mm-hmm. she's also in Possessor Uncut. Oh. Okay. I believe that's how you pronounce her name, Riseborough. It's how it looks. But she's so fascinating. She's so interesting looking. And just when I watched Mandy, I'm like, where did they find this woman? Like, she's so unique and so Mm. cool. Like, she's just, I just love watching her. And did you hear about Godzilla versus Kong? Yeah, that's going to be on HBO Max now. And it got moved up two months. Yeah, it comes out, like, very shortly here. It'll be out in no time. So, like, I was like, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I guess it was supposed to have already been out, but, you know, everything got pushed back because of the state of the world so it's just nice when like it can be released earlier than they had announced the last time just because everything's pushed back pushed back so it's just so nice when something actually still comes out just in a different way yeah i don't get what the strategy is with because some of the studios it looks like warner brothers has pretty much gone all in and like we're gonna stop delaying shit and we're just gonna start putting it out on like you know hbo max our streaming channels which I think is a good strategy for now. I know it pissed off all the theaters, not to get into sure. movie theater and movie industry politics here, but it pissed off all the theaters because that's how they make their money. They have contracts with the studios uh, and it's all a big racket really. But other studios like Disney's being like really weird about like what they're doing with their properties. Some are going to streaming, but others they're just like, we're going to keep pushing it back indefinitely. And it's like, what's even the point? I won't care by the time it comes out yeah like you know i'm you know i'm a comic book fan i'm a fan of the superhero stuff but like that black widow movie was supposed to have come out like three times already 
Mm. Uh, and Marvel just keeps pushing it back. And now it's at the point where I'm like, I don't even care anymore. Like <laughs> when it comes out, I'm not excited because you've taken too long. You should have just, yeah. just put it out but they keep delaying it and there's a there's a handful of movies where they keep like they keep delaying it and i'm like i'm gonna forget about it and move on to other stuff by the time that's right it comes out so i think you're taking a risky maneuver guys a couple of episodes ago i talked about these mashups mm -hmm. that i mentioned and i found my list Ooh. there were 216 different versions of mashups that i came up with holy crap and contrary to what i said most of them were all like uh musical artist mixed with the movie mm. like and the idea was like i thought this would be like our theaters like sort of hot commodity like something we could be known for so like i was real hot and bothered on doing this sort of thing so you were going to turn them into shows yes so i was going to turn them into like musicals almost like based on the movie with music from these particular artists okay. so i'm going to read you some of the highlights of the horror ones and i want you to tell me which one you'd actually pay to go see Okay. Amy Winehouse of a Thousand Corpses. <laughs> oh, right there. I would see that. Arcade Firestarter. Bride of Franken Nine Inch Nails. Okay, that one's not very good as I say that <laughs> loud. <laughs> that, that would be cool, though. That would be cool. Destiny's Child's Play. <laughs> Faces of Death Cab for Cutie. <laughs> oh, my God. I would see the shit out of that. Guns and Rosemary's Baby. Which I think, sweet child of mine. I actually tried to write. I think I called it devil child of mine. Uh-huh. But I, I started to write the lyrics for so that So could one. Axel Rose be the one that has the baby? I mean, any, the, 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 the sky is the limit in regards to the possibilities. All right, I just all right. think you should use a little bit of the plot and at least like the songs of the artist. So in my mind, I was like, what artist speaks to people the most and who has the largest canon of music you could use that people would? Like, I'm already envisioning it would be <laughs> Guns N' Rosemary's Baby would be like the behind the music, the VH1 behind the music of Guns N' Roses, but with the <laughs> subplot that they had a devil baby and like somehow that fits into the whole thing. I love uh, it. I, I think that it. would be beautiful. Human Santa Peter Gabriel or the Human Santa Creed? <laughs> Human Creed. That would be horrifying. <laughs> that would be all those like, like religious creed songs. Because they are a religious band, like back in the day, right? Yeah, yeah, they were about Jesus. <laughs> the think. creed becomes the human centipede. Yes, I see it as like, <laughs> and the last guy, like when he's pooping, it's the songs that come out of his ass. Like oh creed God. songs come out of his ass. Amazing. And no one steal these. TM, TM. Yeah, trademark, trademarks. Scaring right. is sharing, uh, 2021. Uh, we will yeah. come after you if we see this. <laughs> That's a call out there. to the other podcast I produce, Three Funny Ladies. They often say, TM, TM. Um, I think they stole it from someone else, but I'm still giving them a shout out. You should listen. They're amazing. All right. Here's my personal favorite as a big old homo. I know what you did last Donna Summer. Oh, my God. <laughs> Love Holy it. Holy cow. Justin Timberlake Placid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that one is J JT is the crocodile. He's got to be the crocodile. Yeah, like he comes out and he sings and then he kills you. He could be like a giant crocodile JT. Like he's like a creature from the Black Lagoon thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I could mm -hmm. get it. I bet he'd do it. I'll be like, hey, I have a little theater in, you know, Michigan. Yeah. Will you come out and do this? For sure. Like, and he could do yeah. cry. He could do cry me a river, like when his heart mm. is broken. Yeah. You know. And then it will turn into the lake. The yes. lake will be his tears. Yes. 
That's how he becomes the monster. Yeah, and he evolves to live in his tear lake. <laughs> Killer clowns from Ace of Base. <laughs> Madonna the Dead. Which actually we did our gay play festival at the Ringwald. This was a good five, six years ago. We did like the big gay mashup was like mm -hmm. the theme of our gay play festival. And Madonna the Dead was one that they did. And they did it sort of, it was very similar to um, Night of the Living Dead with like zombies coming, but like attacking a bunch of like gay kids hanging out in a house. And then they used all like Madonna music and it ended with a thriller-esque sort of dance at the end. Okay. This is not one of my favorites now, but it involves a movie you like, so that's why I'm gonna say it. Reanimatory Amos. <laughs> it's a little, a little hard on the mouth to get. Yeah, that this is a little uh, convoluted. <laughs> this is another little bit convoluted one, but I like it. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Carly Simon. <laughs> Three Dog Night of the Living Dead. Okay. And, and here's another one of my personal favorites. Village people under the stairs. Oh my god, that's <laughs> so got so go. much potential right there. Those are the best of the horror ones. There's definitely, I mean, a good 200 more of sure. just various ones that I thought were fun. But those are the the horror themed ones that I thought you might enjoy. Well, I would love to help make Guns and Rosemary's Baby. I think that one has the most potential. That's incredible, and I think that uh, Faces of Death Camp for Cutie. <laughs> could be like hipsters would love that like should just like reenact scenes from faces of death and use death cap for cutie songs over it i can hear transatlanticism and yeah like that's another one too that could somehow be like a fictional version of death cab for cutie but like hmm. when they're on tour like somehow their music causes these acts of violence and they're and the like filmed with like with old like vcrs yeah like a VHS, like video recorders, like with, yeah. Yeah, people at the show are like, oh my God, this guy's eating this dude's brain or like whatever. <laughs> like, cause, you know, what do they eat? Monkey brain or something in one of the clips? I, I think don't know. so. Yeah, I think the from that. One. So it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, at the shows, it'd be like somehow Death Cab for Cutie's music has made these people like act out <laughs> these extreme acts of violence. So thanks for indulging me. I thought you might get a kick out of some of them. And saying them is a little bit more telling than just seeing it on the page. That's oh, sure. sure. Especially the Bride of Frankenstein nails, <laughs> which. <laughs> Actually, though, that like seems like something that should really happen, yeah, like a Frankenstein movie with Nine Inch Nails having done the soundtrack. Like, how has that not happened? Uh, yeah, that would be incredible. So, it Trent Reznor, if you're listening, I know you score movies now. I know he does listen. So, Trent, yeah, of course, yeah, Trenty, get on board with a Frankenstein <laughs> movie. Do the music, man. Your <laughs> film scores are incredible. So, do it. Anything else on your end? I did, uh, because we've been doing so much trauma. I've been giving you all these trauma movies uh, on the book front. I did uh, crack open again uh, Lloyd Kaufman, uh, one of his, uh, one of the, I think, many books he's helped co-author is Make Your Own Damn Movie. Cool. Which in that one, of course, he just gives you advice from how he's been, he's written several books now about how to just make a movie with no money, like all, the, the way, the trauma method essentially, which is with no money or whatever you can scrape together and get a Amen. movie made and yeah. get it out there. Because I think the first one is, which I read a long time ago, was everything I need to know about filmmaking I learned from the Toxic Avenger, oh. which was just using how they got Toxic Avenger made to then illustrate like a film crash course in filmmaking for people. Okay. And then there's Make Your Own Damn Movie, which he wrote while they were making Toxic Avenger 4, Citizen mm. Toxie. And then there's other ones like 
produce your own damn movie and uh, more, you know, specialized edit your own damn movie where it gets into more specific nuances of filmmaking. But so that's that's great. If you guys are into filmmaking, look up uh, look up Lloyd Kaufman's or you have aspirations to make something. Lloyd Kaufman's books are a good resource. Uh, if you need a crash course or a refresher or whatever on what you really need. And nowadays it's easier than ever because we all have freaking high definition cameras on our cell phones that we yeah. carry around with us. So you could make a movie just on your cell phone. So that's right. That's what surprises me too. A lot of filmmakers like Lloyd, guys like, like Lloyd Kaufman, these indie filmmakers have forever thought like, we're going to live in a future where everyone just makes movies, which kind of happened but kind of hasn't like there hasn't been yeah. that revolution of that new revolution of indie film just really hasn't happened yet for some reason did you see that steven soderbergh movie that he filmed all with an iphone um i'm aware of it i, I never actually watched the movie Unsane. yeah i actually really dug it i didn't as it went on i wasn't crazy about it but where it ultimately went i was like oh i can dig this yeah, I thought it, it's a cool concept. But it is, and I, it's impressive, like just knowing that it was all filmed with an iPhone. And this was years ago, iPhone. Yeah, and this is kind of, it's kind of weird too that like the, the revolution that we were expecting of just, you know, everybody like becoming a filmmaker. It's really like Steven Soderbergh, guys that already are established filmmakers are the ones that went and experimented with this. It's like, where's everybody else? I know everyone made, became YouTubers and stuff. TikTokers. But like, yeah, it's like, okay, I have too much faith in people. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna go the route that's the you know not to downplay this stuff but it's like we're gonna go the route that's just the easiest to like make 30 second videos and that's what we do with our time instead of yeah i don't know that tracks maybe i'm just an old man <laughs> maybe this is the new artistic expression and i just don't get it yet and you maybe never will maybe i never will or maybe you're ahead of the grain i mean maybe i, I, I could get behind that that's what I'm saying, guys. Get out there, make your movies. I should do it. Just film something and put it out. Let's do it. Trauma did it. That's right. They can't, they can't be the only ones alone out there. Guns and Rosemary's Baby, here we come. Let's do it! <laughs> well, let's um, finish up our trilogies. Yeah, let's get right? to it. That's what we're doing this week. That's it. That's what we're here for. That's let's right. get on with it. So I'm going to share my scare with you. And okay. it's one that I... You know how I like to give you new movies. So mm -hmm. since we're on the found footage wagon, oh, yeah. um, I'm going to wrap up the trilogy with 2020's host. Okay. I know <laughs> 2020's host. I can't even picture the like trailer. I can't think of anything. Uh, so I know nothing about this. I know uh, Bong Joon-ho's the host. Oh, so uh, which is an incredible movie. Um, but I, I, nothing. I'm blanking. I don't know what this is about. It's found footage. I want to say it's got something to do with the internet. Is it over Zoom calls or some shit? Like I might be confusing this with something else. But uh, I think it's a movie. I think in the movie, people are talking to each other, like over internet stuff, uh, and people start dying. And there's some ghost in the machine, if you will. And that's, <laughs> okay. that's it. Because I am really struggling here. I can't be like you, though, and know nothing about Class of Newcomb High and then somehow create the plot, like <laughs> like half the plot out of thin air. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that's maybe what it is. Okay. Because I think host is like domain, you know, like host as in like the host on an internet, you know, sure. chat room or something. I think that's what it is. Okay. And what are you going to give me for my 
for now, as of now, final trauma film. And for now, to wrap up this trilogy, I was going back and forth. I was trying to figure out like, man, what uh, part of it too was like, trauma movies used to be a lot more like, they used, they used to have a YouTube channel where like all their movies were on YouTube for like free. You could just watch oh. them. Uh, and then I read somewhere that a couple years ago they got booted off because people complained to YouTube about oh. the, uh, the you know, the content. So they got booted off of YouTube and it's like uh, assholes. Like there's still other way worse stuff on there. These are just movies. Come on. But uh, so I was trying to figure out like, what do I have immediate access to myself as well? Like what's good? And I wanted to get more contemporary with like trauma as it is now. Like I gave you two from the eighties, which is, you know, they've, they've evolved and I feel like there's still the trauma flavor, but more recent movies, uh, you know, they're different. They, they match, they try to keep up with the times I feel. And I saw a comment on Facebook uh, about Class of Newcomb High that I was like, there it is. This is what I'm going to give you. So the le- it's the most recent trauma movie I've seen too. Was, and it's still from a few years ago, but we're doing Return to Newcomb High, volume one is oh. what I'm giving you. Okay. Uh, and our conversation about the original Newcomb High has also made me think, uh, I think I need to give you this, this one. Uh, do you know anything about it? I mean, you've I seen mean, the first Newcomb High, so you probably got the rough idea. Based but. on that, I'm thinking more of the same. We're back in Tromaville. Maybe it's the same high school. Maybe things have evolved a little since then. Hopefully they have a, you know, a Brita for the water. And um, mm-hmm. I imagine, I think that the, the toilet monster, the toilet baby is going to be a full grown monster and like living in a nearby lake and somehow will find its way into the high school swimming pool and will take out the swim team and will also have little babies of its own that will go inside of the the male swimmers and (laughs) give them babies. And those babies will take over the new school. (laughs) And that's Mm -hmm. what I'm going with. That's my plot. And I bet this time I'm even more right than the last time. (laughs) (laughs) You could, uh, you should write this stuff down. I remember Troma used to take open calls for uh, scripts. Oh my God, that's hilarious. You could could just write a screenplay and send it to them. uh, Because that's like part of how they get what they make is for people to send in. Uh, they're like one of the few studios that takes unsolicited scripts because that used to be how it was done. And then everybody got all like weird about unions and all that shit. Like we only develop our own stuff. So, but trauma still did it at least a couple years ago. So we should write this. Maybe we should write yeah. Guns and Rosemary's Baby. And send it I to mean, them. I think we should. So that's what I'm going with. I mean, I, I have absolutely no idea. I don't want to say it's exactly the same as the first one, but it, it very well might be. So I thought I knew for sure what you were going to give me. Yeah. And I was wrong. I thought for sure you were going to give me Tromeo and Juliet. Oh, okay. No, I, I, I didn't even think of that one. Another big one for me is Rabid Grannies. I don't know you if did. I mentioned you that did. one. But that's another trauma classic that uh, needs to be seen. But <laughs> I mean, the Grannies like need to rise up after the two movies I've seen where they just get beat up. So I'm all for grannies sure. getting rabid and eating and killing some people. I know. I like. I. I. I'm. I've come to love a a, a demon grandma uh, movie now. Like that's my new favorite. I think unchampioned subgenre for <laughs> the demon Did you grandma. See grandma's house. I think that's no, what it's what's called. What's that one? Either grandma's house or 
granny's house. I always remember the the VHS cover is like an old woman in like a rocking chair. And I feel like she has like a knife as opposed, like she's doing like needlepoint, but she has like a, a butcher knife. Oh, and like cool. the cover always looked cool, but I didn't think it looked cool. And I recently watched like the whole movie in like 10 minutes on YouTube. Someone pieced together a lot of the scenes because there's like one scene where huh. like, like a grandma like dies and all the people move into the house. And then it's like, they're all fighting over like her money and who's going to get it because they can't find a will or some shit. And mm-hmm. she like possesses like her spirit, like possesses them some of them and they do evil things to each other like at one point this woman is like giving this guy head and then she like comes up and she's like the grandma (laughs) she's all like gross and she's like oh sick i think she bites off his dick cool but yeah it looked pretty trashy pretty bad i like a good dick biting scene yeah me too yeah there's not enough of that yeah that there's a there's a flick called um if, if you want some good uh penile violence uh there is a flick called night of the demon and for horror fans out there keeping score, this is not to be confused from the 50s. There's this really good occult horror movie called Night of the Demon. That was like a British movie. It, it, not to be confused with that one, because that's like a good movie. But from 1980, there's this like low budget ass thing that like, it's even hard to find info online about like who made this and why. But it's called Night of the Demon from 1980. It's about a killer Bigfoot. For some reason, that's the demon. But there's a, like, part of the plot is, like, people are telling stories. So, like, the Bigfoot scenes are, like, flashbacks or, like, the visualizations of stories people are telling of this killer Bigfoot. And there's a scene where a guy, like, pulls over at the side of the road and goes to take a piss in the woods. And then Bigfoot's hand reaches out of the bushes and grabs his dick and rips it <laughs> off. And it's, like, it's one of the single craziest things i think i've ever seen committed to film like whoever made that was i don't know what drugs they were on there they were like this has to be in the story let's do it just seeing this hairy ape hand just grab that dick and rip it off you're like oh my god i really want to make a a horror movie called the gory hole Ooh, (laughs) and i think that would involve dicks getting bit off or chomped on or something sure ripped off you know it could be like (laughs) The legend of like there's this truck stop abandoned <laughs> truck stop somewhere with like a legendary glory hole the gory mm-hmm. hole if you will but the yeah. guys that go there don't know that it's actually their death that they're yes. going to it's their peen's death yeah and the they, demise of the peen maybe they could they all become these like dickless zombies that, Ooh. Like, the guys that go there for some other purpose i don't know i'm writing it now you write guns and rosemary's baby i'm writing the gory hole let's do it we got it (laughs) tm tm these are ours that's right but if you want to collaborate let us know that's right you got that money let's produce them hell yeah well cool well um i'm excited and we'll be back momentarily momentarily see you all soon don't you blame the movies movies don't create psychos movies make psychos more creative Hi ho! Hi ho! Hi ho! <laughs> it's off to work. We go. I don't know why that's in my head, but that's what I was thinking. We hi ho's and thoughts. That's right. Thoughts. <laughs> what up, everybody? We're back. We are indeed back to talk about these shares. It just felt like seconds. Mere for you. seconds. Mere seconds. But it was really agonizing days of our lives. 
<laughs> agonizing indeed let's talk some movies let's talk about host from 2020 host all right the letterboxed caption or tagline is that what, a tagline is mm-hmm. someone new has joined the meeting Ooh. that means a lot nowadays it does. Six friends hire a medium to hold a seance via Zoom during lockdown, but they get far more than they bargained for as things quickly go wrong. When an evil spirit starts invading their homes, they begin to realize they may not survive the night. This movie was a lot of fun. So it's just, this is paranormal activity for a new generation. It's paranormal activity over Zoom. I like to refer to it as unfriended Zoom edition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like when I was, uh, as soon as this started, and I'm like, okay, they filmed a movie over Zoom. It, it, you know, it's just novel. It's really, really, what, a, what a cool idea. You know, you're trapped. We're all trapped, fucking inside forever, anyway. So it's like, might as well make something good out of it. So make a movie. Did you happen to see Rob Savage, who is the director, freaked a lot of his friends out? They were having a big Zoom call, and lots of them are actresses that he used in this movie. And he's like, I keep hearing sounds up in my attic. And they're like, go up there and like, see what it is. So he went up into the attic and I think he filmed this part all in advance, but he goes up to the attic and puts like his phone up there. And like the demon like jumps out at the camera and he like falls down and is just like laying there and they all freak the fuck out. And it's like available online. And I think it was what he sent to Shudder and was like, I want to do this, this project. movie. Yeah. So if you haven't watched it, check it out. It's okay. like two minutes long. I haven't watched it, but it, I read about that on uh, IMDb or something after I watched the movie. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. What a great proof of concept idea. Yeah, I guess a lot of them, I listened to this interview and a lot of them were just like sitting around on a Zoom meeting, him and a lot of his friends. There's like some like, you know, people from all walks of film life. Like there were some special effects people, some stunt people, and they're like talking about it. And they were like, someone's going to make a Zoom movie. It should be us. And so they just hopped to it. Yeah. And I'm glad they did because they made a good movie. I mean, I'll be upfront about this. I don't know if I'll ever rewatch this. I feel like it'll never have the uh, same impact. The novelty of this, I don't think will be quite the same. Uh, I did rewind a bunch of times though, because often you have all the screens the, of the different Zoom screens screens up at the same time. And I'm trying to watch what's happening in each one. And so I kept rewinding because I'm like, oh, I thought I saw something move in that one that I, because I was watching a different, uh, I was focusing on a different person. So if I were to rewatch, it would probably be to just make sure I caught everything that happens. Because I'm sure there's some Easter eggs, some little like doors moving or whatever. Um, when the medium like gets taken out of the picture, when like just something goes, uh, was that a coat rack that fell on her? You know, like, I don't know what that was. And I had to rewind it a couple of times where I'm like, or was that like, was that the thing? Was that a person that like ran at her from out of nowhere? You know, cool stuff. Yeah. Some of my issues with it are like real, like, like it bothers me that it's like, you have 10 minutes remaining in your 40 minute session yet we're at like the 45 minute mark and i'm like okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) like yeah like things like that like that bothers me and the fact that when like someone is talking well it's in like um like gallery view and speaker view like somehow at the same time yet when someone's talking it's full screen showing like people who aren't talking like these things that are like nitpicky like zoom if you're gonna use zoom use it how it really is and don't like lie to me about it yeah which i know that should be forgiven or whatever but it it, it bugs me 
I've spent so much time on Zoom now. Uh, it's like, I know that I'm like, it doesn't just, you don't just come in and out of it like that. Cause that's like videos were disappearing as if the person was leaving the call and then just coming back in at will. And I'm like, that's not how this works. Like totally. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Teddy like just randomly comes back in at the end when everyone else is like off screen or whatever. I'm like, yeah. someone needs to let you in and sure. Maybe the ghost is like, Ooh, we're just going to let Teddy in. But like, it just those sorts of things like bug me. If you're yeah. going to use it as a device and use like the, the timing frame as a thing, like make it the right time or make it that the, the, the zoom call ends and the last 10 minutes are on cell phone or something like that. So like that mm -hmm. bugs me, but everyone just raves about this movie. Like it has a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Now that surprised me. Cause I didn't think it was that good. You know, I was like, yeah, it was I fun, it's, but it's not that good. I think it's fine. But like, I think all the scares are like cheap yeah, they're just jump scares. They're just jump scares. Like the, the really cool things, like I really like the the use of like the filters and like the background things, like how that girl has like the video of herself walking in the background and the other girl's using filters all the time. And then there's that like Alice Sweet Alice mask. <laughs> yeah. Just like randomly there. Like that I like cool. those inventive things with Zoom, but all the other stuff, the, the cupboards popping open, even when she goes up into the attic and she like sees the feet like every if i was watching that i'd be like oh my god there's feet but they're all like oh wait go back i thought i saw something i'm like yeah uh -uh. like you freak <laughs> the fuck out when you, as soon as you see those feet everyone would be like what the fuck what the fuck what the fuck yeah and this is also you know jump scare movies usually i'm like are very cheap except it got me the both the times the demon popped up i jumped <laughs> out of my skin watching this because i was just not expecting like I'm 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 too I guess coddled now by the way they usually do these found footage movies where you never actually see the thing. So the fact that they did show you the demon, I was like, holy shit! When it did like appear there, I was like, I didn't think they would go there, but there it is, and that's cool. I like seeing the monster. So yeah, that last one really got me. But again, just. <sighs> I felt like it looked like the monster you see in those videos where you're like, watch this peaceful countryside and you're watching it. And then yeah. all of a sudden there's something that pops in front of the screen. Like it yeah. looks like that monster to me, as opposed to something like you haven't seen before. Like yeah. everything just felt so familiar in its scares and all of that, which to me, I'm like, like I watched it the first time and I was like, meh. And then I watched it with Joe thinking maybe he's going to love it like everyone else does. And he was kind of like, meh. And I was too. This third time watching it was probably my favorite time watching it. It just, when it ended, I was a little freaked out afterwards, which I wasn't the other times I watched it. I don't know why the third time all of a sudden I was. You're like, I'm scared of this now. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't necessarily grow on me in regards to like it's what I would rate it. I mean, it's impressive in the fact that they did it during quarantine. When I, I watched this interview with the director and he talked about they, they filmed a lot of, like they said, like, who can do what? Like, who do we know that lives in the same house together that could pull off these certain aspects? They had like some stunt doubles who like dressed up like some of the girls to do some of the scares. They created some of the big scares, didn't show the girls until the moment it was like happening in the call to get like authentic reactions from them. So I think that's really cool. Like they pieced it together so cleverly. And all that is super commendable. Like just how, in its execution, it's like very, very cool. But like, I kind of find all these movies that do this that way. Like I thought Unfriended, did you see Unfriended? No. 
Well, it's very similar. I guess what this genre is called from my research online is screen life. Okay. Which it's like, there's this movie called Searching, um, Unfriended, this movie, The Den, which was kind of the first one I remember seeing, where they, it's all like you're watching from like a computer screen as mm-hmm. things happen. And I find it really, like The Den uses like software like we don't use. It's like made up things, which kind of is not as exciting, but like Searching and Unfriended, they use like, I don't think they use Zoom, but they use like Facebook and Messenger and things like that, iMessages, which just make it feel very authentic. And I think if you're watching on your computer, you're getting the ultimate experience because it's almost like you're truly- You're really there. You're really there. Interfacing. Totally. And I I find, so this doesn't feel like extremely new in that it's been done before already, but the fact that they did it in quarantine adds a level of coolness to it. Yeah, and some of those special effects, like- when the chick gets picked up into the air and gets her neck snapped like in midair. Yeah. I'm like, man, that's like gotta be a feat to pull that special effect off. Just like working from home and everyone filming from home. Like that was really cool. So yeah, man, you know, and the other thing I kept thinking too was so demons use the internet. I mean, know? they like... say that they, that they <laughs> use like electricity. So why not the internet? Yeah. But it also, another thing that just sort of seems silly to me is at the very end, after the Zoom call ends, you like see the mouse moving around and like scrolling through the contacts. And I'm thinking it's going to click on a hundred of them and bring them into a new call so that we can now haunt these new people and kill them but it just yeah. kind of scrolls through them and then it's like yeah i guess i'm done for the night yeah <laughs> i like, like I, I wanted it to click on an ad that says like meet single demons in your area oh that's funny but uh yeah that that I, I then i was thinking then i went off on this other track um i guess a little bit horror related because it's got demons and stuff in it. But do you know Good Omens, the novel by um, Neil Gaiman and uh, Terry Pratchett? And then they turned it into a TV series, I think, on Amazon. But essentially, it's, you know, it's a, it's a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy style version of, like, the end of days. Uh, right. Where this demon right, right, and this right. angel. It's coming back to me, yep. Yep. Uh, and there is a bit in there where demons can travel through telephone lines. Okay. And... Uh, in the book uh so that's what i was thinking about where i was like oh i guess it's kind of like that where the demons can just jump into a phone and go to wherever like who's ever on the other end of the phone you know they go from america to england or whatever um when somebody picks up so i was like yeah i guess they could use the internet i don't know i was trying to rationalize this this is yet another movie too where people are just like if you just followed the rules of demons you wouldn't get killed by them because they told you don't make fun of them don't mock them don't mock yeah. this thing and things won't mess with you and also like i really like the girls like i think that they it feels fairly authentic i think the medium seems like the most forced of all of them yeah yeah i agree like a little too actory but i mm-hmm. think the girls all come across very genuine and real and the dialogue doesn't feel stilted I like Gemma the most. Like, I love her glasses. I love that she's, like, a little bit of a jokester. But, like, in the very beginning when she's, like, tapping on, like, the window to be, like, let me in the call, like, she's not wearing her mask. Yet at the end, when shit's going down and she runs to find her friend Haley, she puts on her mask. I'm like, this is the point you wouldn't wear the mask, whereas earlier you would. Yeah. 
So I'm like, okay. And I also, it drives me nuts this like, I'm gonna walk around with my computer facing outwards. Like yeah. when I, if I'm gonna walk, if I'm gonna pick up my computer and walk down the hall, I'm having the screen face me. You're just gonna get an up nose shot of me. Totally. I understand <laughs> if you're wanting to show your friends like down the hall, but like in the very beginning when no one's on the call yet, she's like walking down yeah. the hall. So you get a view of her apartment as she's holding her computer outwards. And I'm like, no, like that is not it. And at the end, once the two are in the same apartment together, like don't be, you wouldn't be flashing the camera to be like, can we see the demon? Can we get a picture of Like you're going to get the fuck out of there. Like, yeah. like, no. <laughs> There's a lot of horror movie logic in this one. Like straight up cliched horror movie logic where it's just like, let's stay here and try and fight it. Like instead of just running away. Like, yeah. And Caroline's the one who really doesn't want it. She's really scared about it. And she's the one who has the, the attic. And I'm like, you would not go up. She would not go up in the attic. Like have mm -hmm. it be one of the other girls like Gemma, who's like this smart ass, like, she doesn't care. She doesn't give a shit. She doesn't believe in this. Like, have it be her mm -hmm. who's like, I'll go up there. And everyone else is like, no, 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 don't do it. And, and then her she being does. like, I'm just going to do it. As opposed to being the girl who's scared as shit to do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so you're just going to give her a, um, a selfie stick and all's going to... No. No, yeah, no, no. Here, here you go. Take the stick. You're good to go. And her parents were there. It's like, why not call out to them? Like, we never... Maybe they're dead. I mean, I imagine they were, but like, she never... Checks on. Um, she never is like, Dad, fucking come help me. There's demons. Attacking. Yeah, I know exactly. That's what I. I was wondering, like, what happened to Dad? <laughs> and there's just all like another thing that kind of bugs me about it is like there's all these things that as soon as they're introduced, you know they're gonna come up again later. There's the creepy doll. There's the background video. There's the music box. There's the the camera. There's the closet falling open. Like all of these things, as soon as they're introduced, you're like, up. Oh, well, this is gonna come up later. Up. Oh, well, mm -hmm. this is gonna come up later. And I feel like that's really good filmmaking when things are introduced and they never come up again. They're really to like either just get to know something about a character or to progress a story for, but not to be like, hey, did you catch this? Because we're going to bring it back later. And so we want you to make sure you're aware of it. And mm -hmm. we're going to bring it back. Like, it's just is more real to life if we everything isn't introduced just to be reintroduced later. Yeah. I know. And that you, the closet door scene, too, in the very beginning when she's alone, when it opened, I was trying to figure out, like, are they alluding to, like, she's already got some activity there? Like, she's already mm. kind of haunted? I didn't think of that. She mentions how she's like, oh, I've done this before, and some crazy stuff happened. Oh, yeah. Um, and they show the closet door open by itself in the very beginning of the movie, and she goes and looks, and there's nothing in there. And you're like, was that just, like, supposed to be... You know, I don't know, the, the house shift, you know, the settling of the house and the door happened to open or were they alluding to it's already like been there, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, as soon as she started that Zoom call, that's when it, you know, it got going. I am impressed by the fact that they did it during quarantine. I also like that they don't talk a lot about the coronavirus. Like, you know, it's taking place during this time, you know, they're all separated, but it doesn't, it's not a big plot point. And I appreciate that, that it's takes place during but it's not about the coronavirus i think it will make mm -hmm. it so this film will last like surpass this time we're in as far as it being relevant and interesting yeah i mean immediately i was thinking too at the end you know the demon shows up and you just got to be like hey demon six feet apart social distance <laughs> put your mask on <laughs> and hopefully that'll save you
I don't know. You know, really, it's just you got to respect the demon. Just be like, hey, man, you want to get some coffee or something, I guess? You know, like, <laughs> please don't kill me. I'm sorry I made fun of you. Let's, you know, nobody ever tries to reason with them. Yeah, I mean, I get why people like it. I just don't love it. I I wouldn't put it in my top 10 for 2020, but most people do. Most people, it's in like oh, really? the top five. Like, I mean, it's it's up there for everybody. Yeah, this is another one. Like, I liked the experience but it like it wasn't great like i said i don't think i'll ever rewatch this again or if i do it'll be you know um i'm not going to be going in with high hopes for the rewatch yeah it'll probably be something that i make my friends watch just to get their reaction mm-hmm. um because in fact just yesterday i was playing uh uh video games with some of my buddies and i was giving them a little sneak peek of what was coming up on the podcast and i mentioned this movie and they're like oh i've never heard of that and i was like just watch it just check it out uh like i think you'll have fun with it but yeah really this will just be a movie i tell people to watch probably just you know it's almost like like it began life as just a prank video on the internet this whole movie feels like one big prank movie that you would just send to people like oh my god well that was crazy but fun um, friend of the podcast, Nico, thinks that I look like Teddy. I don't know that I do. I could, he might be like my brother, you Passing know. Passing resemblance. You yeah, could play maybe. Teddy <laughs> in the movie, I think. I think you could fall into that category. There is a short film also by um, the same the same gentleman, um, Savage, Rob Savage, called Salt. And I watched it last night. It's also just a couple minutes long, like two or three minutes long. And it's it's a really fun little watch. It's on YouTube. I recommend checking that out. And there's a mm-hmm. demon in that, and it's played by the same guy who plays the demon in this one. His name's James mm-hmm. Swanton. So he's making a, a career of being a, a demon. Or as he's yeah. called in host, he's the spirit. Yeah, the spirit. I was wondering how they did that too, if that was an actual guy in a costume. Because the couple shots you get of the face, clearly they did some digital, like, mm-hmm. you know, cartoony over it. But I was wondering if it was entirely a digital creation or if it sounds like they had an actual person, like maybe in some kind of costume, be physically filmed for at least part of the creation of the character. So, yeah. Uh, I got it pretty much right, I think. Yeah. If I remember, I think I was like dead on. It was going to be spirits over. Yeah, because when I started watching this movie, I realized that, like, oh, I'd seen the, like, literally on the internet, I'd seen banners on, like, my web browser, like, going to, like, a horror movie site for host, and I was like, okay, that's where I saw the ad campaign was just, like, on the internet for, you know, embedded ads and shit that were just like, watch it on Shutter. so. Out of how many laptops? (laughs) Out of how many possessed laptops? Out of five, do you give this? I give it a solid three. Okay. I said you were going to give it a three and a half. I said three and then I added a half. So I was Oh, close. yep. Three. I give it a three. A solid three. I'm a, a horror twin with you again because I would have given it and continue to give it a three. Actually, let me take that back. Not a solid three. A soft three. A soft three. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure that it would continue to be a three if I watched this again. I wonder if I would fluctuate a star. Because again, like we said, it's very cliche. So I'm not sure how much. And those tend to be the movies for me that like I just rewatching them, they lose something over time when it's just so reliant on being the same as other stuff, just slightly different. So. Sure. Kind of the gimmick. Yeah, gimmicky. Like Paranormal Activity, like like we had discussed before, that was a movie that I thought was like a lot of fun and great the first time I saw it. 
and it just has not held up on rewatches any of those movies really uh a lot of these gimmicky ones it's just like they start to if there's not anything behind the gimmick then yeah you know what's to keep you coming back that's right there's no soul but there's no soul man it's gotta have it's gotta have some soul well let's move on shall we okay i guess it's time for what's going on at newcomb high so return to newcomb high volume one uh and the tagline is reading writing radiation again and the description on letterboxd goes return to the class of newcomb high follows a young couple that are up against the school glee club unfortunately the glee club has mutated into a gang called the cretans when the other students begin to undergo mutations our couple must solve the mystery and save tromaville high school yep <laughs> yep <laughs> so what do you think uh this was a, this was a rough one i thought was it yeah i did. i just uh I don't know. Like I, it just like, it's so much, it's like almost a remake of the original, mm-hmm. but like with like cheap lesbian characters who just show their boobs a lot. And I thought like the quality was decent. I just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just never quite had fun with it. I was always a little exhausted, like almost from the get go. Like when it's like, trauma organic or trauma organic like i was like oh how clever like it's really uh-huh. like taking something that's sort of uh because when was it made 2012 somewhere in there i i know it got released in like 13 and then like wider release in 14 i think so and i was like, like excited when i could tell it was like a lesbian storyline and i liked that like organic section of it but then it just just felt cheap and not in like the way trauma is cheap mm-hmm. like not in that like fun making a movie with your friends and having a good time like it just felt like that cheap like oh we are going to have a lesbian couple as sort of the the love interest but they're just going to show their tits a lot <laughs> and mm-hmm. like eat each other out and things like that like in just that sort of that way that I was like uh I just didn't have a good time like I did with the other two. Mm -hmm. I liked how many times you saw Toxie. I thought that was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Like he probably popped a good four times at least. Yep. Yep. Cigar face is randomly back. Cigar face. Yeah. I thought he was dead in Toxic Avenger, but no, he makes cameos in other trauma movies. So I wish the Glee Club really sang. Like I thought that would have been really cool. As opposed to, like, every time it happened, I could tell it was, like, a dub with, like, an actual, like, glee club from somewhere. Like, I wish they would have used people who could really sing and they would have really done it. I thought that would have added a really nice layer to it. And this one did use what you were asking about the Cretans in the previous, previous a, a sort of origin story, yeah. Which actually gives them an origin story and explains it that, yes, they are mutated by the radiation. From eating the tacos? Yeah, for, or, yeah, from eating the radiated tacos. But they weren't the only ones who ate them, were they? No. That was the other, like, I was like... Plot yes. hole. <laughs> I just, and you know, I got really exhausted of the intros for everybody with, like, the American Anthem or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, it was nice because I was able to write down the characters' names as, like, they popped up and I could visualize them. 
and I enjoyed, I think it was Miss Crabtree. Like they're like, well, we were going to introduce her earlier, but it would have messed up the flow of things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that was the only one that I actually was like, oh, that's kind of funny and clever. And I don't know. I felt like there was something tasteless. And I, I mean, I know how trauma, of course it's tasteless, but lots yeah. of the other stuff, like I don't care about, but like, I didn't like that the one person was like self mutilating and then like rubbing their blood over someone's face. Like, I don't know, like that just felt a little too touchy to me. Like something like self-mutilation. Like, I don't know. I don't know why that seemed to bother me when the majority of the other things don't. Yeah, I remember, I know the exact scene you're talking about too, because I was like, that seems like a joke that didn't land. Like, I don't know what they were, why that's even in there. Because everything else has like a punch, it's there to be a punchline in some way. And that was just weird. Yeah. That scene. Yeah, and this is, I guess we're learning you're more of a classic trauma guy because I feel like there's different eras of trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is distinctly in like what they do now where they've just kind of, you know, this is trauma to the nth degree comparing this to what we've just watched. Like those are over the top, but this is like, can you be over over the top? Because that's where they go nowadays. It's just so balls to the wall. Like no even no decorum of having taste whatsoever <laughs> like we're just gonna go fucking crazy with it uh that's what they do nowadays and i i agree with you like i hadn't watched this since it came out and it was a little bit exhausting mm-hmm. and it only feels like half a movie too that's the whole like volume one volume two thing but i was like i'm not watching the second one <laughs> I, I, i've never seen volume two either uh, and again, that was like, this was probably like one of the last movies I watched when I was actually keeping up with trauma. Okay. Uh, so this was, it was probably after that, after this one, they started hitting really bad funding issues for movies. So yeah, uh, part two only came out like in 2019, I think. So it's like there was a gap of some years before they could finish it. I've been waiting forever now, it feels like too, for the the newest trauma flick which is an adaptation of the tempest shakespeare's the tempest oh uh and it's called shakespeare's shitstorm so <laughs> that's fun yeah that's fun so but it, that's taken forever for them to make it because they ran out of money <laughs> like while making it so it just has the like cheap feeling of like an american pie wannabe like that sort of like like a like a a lame sex comedy that's with lots of boobs. Like, and I mean, you did see a couple dicks, but it was usually like one that had just been ripped. Like, I'm not seeing like real boy butt and like real boy penis. Like it's all about Mm. the boobs. Like you saw some penis, but it was like, this one had been cut off or like this woman's really a man and you see her like fake penis, you know? Or she has a monster mutant penis. Or a monster mutant penis, like a giant one, yeah. Yep. Because when we talked about the first class of Newcomb High, even that one was kind of like, not as good as Toxic Avenger, didn't feel as fresh, didn't feel as exciting. It itself got exhausting at about an hour in. This one was exhausting at about five minutes in. <laughs> like, I was just like, uh, like, I yeah. still, like, would much rather watch this than Tetsuo, like, probably any day. Like, I mm-hmm. have a better time with it. But I still just, I'm like, okay. This is, like, I wish this movie was just about the Cretans. Because I was just having more fun with the Cretans whenever they're around. Like, they should just be the main characters. Like, it, we don't even need the pretense of any other characters. Because the Cretans are the most interesting thing happening in this. The Gleetons. I loved that. I thought that was yeah. so clever. 
Yep, the Galitans. Uh, there's no like monster, which kind of, I guess they kind of turn into monsters, but like, yeah. I, was, I was hoping, you know, this one, I'm sure there's a, there, I think there's a monster in the second. I, I bet, yeah, that makes sense. And I loved the end of this one, that Carrie reference, like she's in the shower and it's just like yeah. the opening shot of Carrie. Like, I loved that. And then I'm like, oh, it's over. That, yeah, that's fun. Uh, and then uh, they did include the famous, so the shot of the car flipping and exploding, uh-huh. uh, which is clearly from another movie. Yeah. Uh, that is a stunt they did for the movie Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD. Okay. Uh, and it cost them so much money to do that ever <laughs> since. For a couple more movies, Lloyd, Lloyd Kaufman was like, we're going to include this in more movies to make all of our money <laughs> all of our money back for uh, to make up for the money we spent on this uh and then it became an in like a running gag like they've just kept doing it because fans want it they're like where's the kabuki man car flip it's like in every movie lloyd kaufman has done since that movie which was like from 1992 or something like that they've always put that in there so that's for the fans (laughs) and lloyd kaufman is the guy working in the factory am i right yeah he's the head of the of the the factory uh that's 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 uncle lloydy so and i guess the principal of the school like i went down some you know deep dives some rabbit holes looking stuff up about this movie the principal of the school is played by babette bombshell who's like a drag queen and like you know just a big old queen from what i can see on uh his uh social media so i was like oh okay cool like they get some interesting personalities uh you know and then there's the judah friedlander cameo he's getting mugged outside of trauma Troma's uh, actual, that's their location in Hell's Kitchen, their actual office. Oh. And the president of the United States is uh, Lemmy Kilmeister for my metalheads. He was, you know, the legendary rest in power Lemmy, the legendary frontman of Motorhead, uh, one of the greatest rock bands of all time. I thought that was him. That was Lemmy. <laughs> yeah, I just, it just feels like a... Uh... Like, made by a bunch of straight guys. Like, I don't know. Just, I don't know why. Like, and I don't, boobs don't bother me. I'm not one of those gay guys that I'm like, oh, I don't want to see boobs. Like, I'm not like that. But I just, I wish it was sort of like, no holds barred on all angles. Like, like I just wish there was a little bit more of getting it from all sides. Like, mm-hmm. I want to see some naked boys as well as some naked girls. I want to, but you can, I'm like, this is made by a bunch of straight guys is what it feels like. Yeah, this one leaned heavy into that. Some of the other trauma stuff is what you're saying. It's way more just a free for all. So uh, yeah, I was sitting there thinking about uh, Tromeo and Juliet or Terra Firmer. Like those have much, you know, equal opportunity craziness in them. Uh, whereas this seemed like you're saying, rewatching it, I'm like, yeah, they leaned real hard into the, like, isn't this hot guys? Like, this is for the straight guys. Like, yeah, this is titillating to you, we know. <laughs> uh, and it's like, yeah, they went hard that direction and I didn't remember. This was a movie that I watched this when it first came out and I have not watched it since. So I didn't really remember it, I guess. Cause I'm like, I don't remember half these scenes or what even happens in this movie. So, okay. I'm in for the ride now. And didn't the second part come out like many years later? Not like the next year. Yeah, like there's five like, years there's, later or something. There's like a five year gap in between the two halves, I think. But did they film them at the same time? Yeah, my understanding is they filmed it at the same time. That's like so it weird. Was in, it was in post production. They ran into issues or something like that. Huh. Or, Maybe they had to do some reshoots. I'm not sure. Yeah, just looking at the poster, it looks like the monsters in the second one. And yeah, I mean, 
I know it was duck rape, but again, like something that I don't find funny ever is rape. And I know it was 2013 and probably 2011 or 10 when it came out, but still I'm like, is this almost crossing a line, even though they're not raping her, but are they like getting away with raping her by duck raping her? And that's how they're doing it and saying it's okay. Like it still rubbed me wrong a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I didn't find it funny. Like, I mean, her running around with a duck in her throat was funny, but I'm like, I felt like the whole moment was being like, here's how we're going to make rape okay. We're going to rape her with a duck. Like, they didn't have to call it that, and I would have never thought twice about it if they were just like, you're going to eat a duck or whatever. Like, come up with some (laughs) other name for it. But it just felt like they were saying, like, we're raping you, but we're not going to say we're raping you. We're going to do it this way, and this is how we're going to get away with it. Yeah, it makes you wonder how much of it was because trauma is so very self-aware everything they do like they're intelligent people that make the movies so it's like clearly they were aware of what buttons they're pushing i don't know how much of the intent was like are they making fun of rape revenge movies that you know had you had used that as a plot device so much that it's you know just why even do it nowadays Uh, aside from sensitive subject matter it's just so played out it's turned into a cliche at this point you know as a it's just be more creative guys to show uh that somebody's evil because that used to always be the go-to was like well we'll have them rape somebody that's how you show a character is evil and it's like don't you know it's stupid but was that supposed to be a commentary is that what the joke was that's why they were like with a duck and now it's hilarious like i don't know if it was just a poorly conceived joke but then when they show up after they sort of turn into monsters in like their sleep. Well, that's true. And then she calls it dick rape. And then you're like, that's like, but like she has that, she so has weird. that giant dick and she doesn't yeah. like fuck him with it. She doesn't like get him. Like they like yeah. stomp on she his arms with their with heels it. and stuff. I'm like, if we're going to do this, like you're going to have this giant dick, like show him what it's like. Yeah. Is what I was hoping was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But so she just hits him with it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I I do wonder if that's also just the appliance itself was clearly very shoddily made. So maybe they're like, well, we can't do a lot of thrusting or anything with this thing because it's like paper mache or whatever. It's going to break. So it just like, whereas the other two, it felt like a cheesy, gross out movie made by smart people. This one didn't feel as intelligent to me. It felt mm-hmm. like a, like American Pie 6 trauma edition yeah is what lot, it like felt like to me they were they were yeah this one feels way more like they're going for the lowest common denominator i don't know now i'm wondering how i would react to re-watching like poultry geist or something like that because I, I really liked that one as well but that's also like closer to this era than it is to you know the original nukem high or toxic of the original toxic avenger so i also wonder how i would feel if i had seen this without seeing like class of Newcomb high last week. Like mm-hmm. if I watch this with none of those other things, I might even find it more interesting just because I hadn't seen, I mean, it's in so many ways, almost just like a, a, a modern retelling of it. Mm-hmm. It's v- very much just like a remake, really. Yeah. Like the plot is virtually the like same. Like a lesbian remake. Yeah. It's a lesbian remake and update the, the Cretans a little bit and update some of the characters a little bit. 
I did laugh uncomfortably hard at the part where they're all in the cafeteria eating lunch and then the gunshots go off and they're like, calm down everyone. It's just another school shooting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like, okay, that's pretty funny. But yeah, a lot of it is like, it's almost like they're too in on the joke where it got a little too, it's too corny at times. Like too, it's, sorry, trauma. It's almost too trauma. Like, <laughs> you, it's like trauma's eating itself now. Like, I, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but you know, it's, it's like, it's just a little too much. Yeah, I'm really, really excited for the Toxic Avenger remake with Peter Dinklage. I think it's going to be really cool to see how it all turns out. And I was reading in the most recent interview or article about it. I think it was Lloyd Kaufman they were talking to. And he's like, I'm just like, they're going to do what they're going to do. Like, I've decided like hands off. I learned that with the musical to be like, I trust your creative energy, like take it and and go. We're mm -hmm. not going to like have, we're not going to demand a lot of control in how it's done. We're not going to say you need to do this and you need to do this. Cause apparently they were sort of hands off or learned to be with the musical, but that's, I guess the plan for the remake. And I'm just excited to see where it goes in regards to the now knowing the original. I'm super excited. I think it's going to be really cool. I imagine it's going to be like a love letter to the Toxic Avenger. Yeah, it sounds like it. I wonder if I read the same article or a similar article where Lloyd, where they had talked to Lloyd and he was talking about how good the script is because he got to read it and he says it's fantastic. And that Macon Blair, our beloved Macon from yes, Murder Macon. Party, is writing and supposed to be directing it. And apparently he's a big time trauma nerd. So there's a ton of like love for trauma built into his script. So that's going to be exciting. I hope there's some nods to not just the original, but like if you could get a Sergeant Kabuki man in there and maybe a <laughs> nod to Nukem High, the original, that would be cool. So yeah, I'm really excited for that. And I, I am really glad to know trauma now. And I'm excited to check out some of the other things, whereas before I never would have been. I don't know that I need to Would've ever about it. return to Nukem High, but I'm definitely excited to check out some of the other things. And I'm glad I have had an intro. Yeah, I'll probably throw some more at you as we go. Like I have a few others that I do want to expose you to and get into some some other weirder little uh, outside, I'll say outside of the Lloyd Kaufman directed movies, because, you know, he's done some of their hits, but then they have a bunch of like weirder movies they've produced or distributed. So I want to start throwing you into that universe a little bit where it just gets stranger and cheaper. So, okay. uh, but so out of um, how many giant paper mache dicks do you, <laughs> do you give this one? I give it two. Okay. I thought you were going to go with a three. Okay. On this, but I didn't, I didn't know how, I didn't realize it'd be too much for you. So too yeah, I didn't find it miserable, but I just didn't like it. Yeah. Not for you. Yeah. Uh, I give it a three. Okay. Um, I'm sticking with a three for this just because uh, there, there was like a blurb from Variety or somebody, one of the, you know, the mainstream media, you know, outlets when this originally came out i read a review blurb from them where they said like but we have to give credit to trauma because they make movies that are not like anything else that's out there at the time like they're so different you have to give them props for that so uh this is just one of those you know i, I give them a three just for effort three for effort guys <laughs> there's nothing else like a trauma movie so even if it is just a feels like you're getting run over with a train it still is keep doing it god bless trauma
And out of my summary, I mean, the only thing I got right was that they're back in Tromaville in the same high school. Everything else, I talked about the toilet baby mm-hmm. coming to from a lake into the swimming pool. The yeah. Boy swimmers, none of that. No, but we should still send your pitch to them because <laughs> we could go, we could do. Well, the title of the second half is Return to Return to Newcomb High, Volume Two. Oh, okay. So maybe we should pitch Return to Return to Return to Newcomb High <laughs> uh, with the, the swim team. Yep. The male swim team. Part get three. Some, get some of those dicks and butts in there. Yep. Synchronized. <laughs> <laughs> dickers i don't know we gotta come up with synchronized fuckers that's what it will be called and uh, yeah you know something did like you that. find any connections yeah no <laughs> <laughs> it's been hard these last couple weeks these last few have been really hard because uh I, I got nothing on this one uh, i would i would say they both have monsters but this one didn't really have a monster in it so we couldn't you know there wasn't that so i don't know i got no connections here it's got strong female leads both of that's them. yep where i was gonna go that's it so i think it seems pretty obvious if i ranked this trilogy i would do toxic avenger number one Class of Newcomb High, number two, and this, number three. If you had to rate the found footage films, how would you rank them? Uh, well, one, I was going to say I have the exact same ranking for the trauma movies. Okay. Um, and for found footage, I would do Creep 2 is the best. And then I would say Host and then The Taking of Deborah Logan. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think that's it. So that's it. Well, good times as always. Always. I guess that's it, guys. Uh, Till next week. Um, Please write to us. Send us some letters. Send us whatever. Follow us on the Instagram, everywhere you can find us. Scaring is sharing. What's your favorite trauma movies? What's your favorite found footage movies? Heck yeah. Or your least favorite or something... Are you mad we forgot we didn't talk about one (laughs) in these last few episodes? You know, uh, send it to us. Yes, please. Hit us up. Yeah, and you know, I've got some I've got some ideas now. Uh I liked this trilogy of terror format. Mm-hmm. But I almost want to fit more things in, so I'm like thinking about doing some double shots if you will going forward where I'm kind of picking two movies and then like for two weeks at a time I'm going to give you thematically connected or you know, I like a tan- tangentially connected things in double shots so hitting you with both barrels <laughs> toss 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 awesome well i'm excited <laughs> yeah so uh until next time guys keep sharing those scares because scaring is sharing the more you know the more you know <laughs> sweet screams i guess is the thing i was trying last time i don't know um we, we're gonna cut we're gonna get some catchphrases we gotta yeah, get we something will. we want something on a t-shirt yeah so, merch, you know. merch 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 so uh yeah we'll see you next week yep till next time kitties bye scaring is sharing scaring is sharing scaring is sharing scaring is sharing This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.